It's a jackalope carnival. Jack, jack, jackalope. Jackalope carnival. Hi, Eric. Hey, Becca. How you doing? I just got back from a trip. Oh, really? Even with COVID? <laughs> well, where I went, there was no COVID. What? Well, you were there. Wait, I know I'm not in New Zealand, so where were you? No, no, you, you had a goatee, though. What? Yeah, and you were really mean to me. Well, that's normal. <laughs> Wait, I meant you were really nice to me. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you got to be careful about booking interdimensional trips. You just never know. Wait a minute, you went on an interdimensional trip? Why, yes, I did. To a parallel universe? I think it might have been a perpendicular one. <laughs> Why do you think that? Well, you know, um, in that universe, um, we had a different uh, entire set of politicians, and there was no COVID. Bulldogs <laughs> all had rubber teeth. and um, Okay. Yeah. So, wait a minute. I thought they were parallel universes and not perpendicular universes. Well, like I said, Kayak had a special. So, <laughs> so it wasn't quite what you thought. It was not. And getting there and back, um, yeah, that that large hydron collider, um, that's that, that'll do number on you. So I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming from this banter, this extremely witty banter, um, that we're going to talk about parallel universes, interdimensional travel. We are. We're going to talk about interdimensional travel and parallel universes, and both. And we're going to talk about. There's a great story about a man who, perhaps, was from another dimension. Or was he? Or was he? Well, yes. I'm sure we're going to find out. So why don't you tell us about it? Okay. In 1954, in Japan, there was a man who landed in the airport, and he went to customs like you do, and he gave them his documents, and the man at customs started to get very confused. And the man who had just landed spoke Japanese, but he spoke it with an accent, a French accent. He couldn't understand what the problem was. And finally, the man from the customs desk said, sir, um, I'm sorry, I've never heard of your country. And the man was incredulous. He said, you know, my country is centuries old. Um, I've been to Japan many times. There's a company here. Um, and indeed, apparently his passport had stamps in it and he had traveled. But, you know, get your supervisor over here. He was a bit of an interdimensional Karen, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I really hope those don't come visit us. Yeah, inter interdimensional Karen is actually another band name. I just generate these effortlessly. Yeah, so the supervisor comes over. He looks at the paperwork. And again, they're like, there's, there's no country. And the country was called Taurid, T-A-U-R-E-D. The man says, this is my passport. Here's, you know, my checkbook, so forth and so on. Well, they want to investigate, but it's getting late. So they politely demand that the man, you know, stay in custody. They don't put him in a prison. They put him up in a hotel. And they put a policeman outside his door to make sure he doesn't try to make a getaway while they straighten out this whole thing. And so next... The next day when they come to collect this man, they open the door and he's gone. 
And apparently the room was pretty high up off the ground. And so they're wondering what happened. He couldn't have jumped. So they go to get his documents and they're shocked now that the documents are gone also. Wait, that they were holding? The ones they were holding in, in the inside of the safe. Hmm. And there are several different versions of the story, but the main facts all seem to be pretty constant. So was the man from Torrid a traveler from another dimension? And did he somehow go back to that dimension? Was he an international cat burglar from an interdimensional international cat burglar? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, right. Who knows, right? Um, Was he just, was he legitimately just as confused as the customs folks were? Um, You know, we don't know. But this story has been told and retold many times on the internet. And we're not quite sure what to make of this story. So I did what I do whenever I encounter a source. I start looking to see what are the primary sources. And guess what I found? What? Pretty much nothing. (laughs) Pretty much absolutely nothing. The furthest, there's tons of stuff about the man from Torrid. Uh, and the story, by the way, is is popular in other countries now. You can find YouTube videos aplenty. Um, I never got to the bottom of the YouTube bin. When I typed in man from Torrid into, uh, you know, the YouTube search bar, like the videos just kept coming. I never got to the end of it. Can I ask how many hours of YouTube man from Torrid videos you actually watch? <laughs> um, I didn't log them. Uh, so... Well, you know, can I charge overtime to someone? Is that <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. no, I, I watched, but I watched more than anyone should. Um, and there's tons of stuff, you know, if you Google it, there's all kinds of stories too. Um, it's a pretty popular story around the world. So I started wondering where I could find the beginning of this story. And so indeed, um, 2014 seems to be the beginning. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any internet accounts prior to 2014. Yeah, that's a, quite a bit later than 1954. <laughs> There's a little distance between the two, just a touch. And if I'm wrong, if someone can correct me, please do. So I went to the font of information, the place where all people go to get reliable information on the internet. Wikipedia? Reddit. Oh, yeah, you dug deep there. <laughs> I did. And so I get to the Reddit thread about the man from Torrid. And there are references to books, to print books. Now, I went, I only have a couple of books from late 20th century um, dealing with that kind of mysterious stuff. But um, none of the books that I have mention it. And they do mention mysterious disappearances, which is, I guess, the other end of the interdimensional travel, right? Not the people who mysteriously appear, but the people who mysteriously disappear. Like, there's a surprising amount of accounts Uh, from people in the 19th century in America uh, who lived in rural areas. Yeah, I've heard of some of those. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, please. What do you hear? No, I think there was one about a woman, and she. they kind of just decided she was probably um, had some mental illness because she had said that, you know, her house was here and the town was completely different, and um, she seemed really confused. Really? Wow. Yeah, honestly, I can't remember because I was like, this is interesting, but... That sounds like an old, that sounds like the time of the thing we're talking about here, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And then I got kind of more into that Ong's hat and Ong's egg, but we'll get into that in a minute. Gotcha. There's, and there's a bunch of stories about farmers going out to get water and a couple where like the people literally disappeared in front of their families. Um, 
but in the 19th century, no one was talking about interdimensional travel. It didn't exist. Um, I mean, it may have existed, but no one, would, no one had a word for it, at least in our universe. So that, that was happening, but none of the 20th century books that I have, and I don't have a lot, but I have a few, um, mentioned anything about this man from Torrid. But the Reddit thread did mention two books from the late 20th century, like the 1970s. Um, one was from the 70s, one from the, the 80s. Um, and, but they were both out of print. And when I went to go look them up, I could find them from book vendors, but they were out of my, the, not my price range, but more than I was willing to spend um, one, uh, you know, Thursday night. Uh, one was like $54 and the other was in the 80, you know, $80 range. Um, but neither one of those, in, in both those books were supposed to have a mention of this story. So I tried to track down whether or not there were excerpts from those books. You know, maybe someone had, um, you know, scanned in or, or typed in um, some of the, the words from those books. And I did find something that was, that was reported to be from one of those books. But when I opened up the, the site, it was all gibberish. Like wingdings kind of gibberish? No, like random words. Like English, but random words. And I know there's a name for that in um, publishing when you put random words down just to like... Um, Lauren Ipsum? Of... Is that what it is? Lauren Ipsum, yeah, I think so. So I, I assume either I found that or I found like some top secret code. Who knows, one of the two. Um, maybe that's just how it was written in that dimension and that's just how they write in that dimension. Maybe we so. all We all read Wingdings and Lauren Ipsum. Lauren Ipsum. Lauren Ipsum. There you go. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that's the, it wasn't, you know, it did not seem to be real. So I mean, maybe I'll get curious, curious enough about this that I'll buy one of those two books. But as it stands at the moment, I guess that'll be the end of the line there. Interestingly enough, though, there were two other pieces of media about the man from Torrid, but they both come from about 2014, 2015. Um, one was a self-published book that you can buy. Um, on Amazon, it looks like it's self-published, and and it came out around that time, uh, 2015. And then there also, um, IMDb also has a page for an 11-minute short called "The Man from Torrid," and it's a mystery. And it has a director, Nick Christensen. It has a writer, Seth Luke. It even has a cast of actors and what they played. Uh, this came out in 2015. Hmm. And so I wonder if what was happening was someone developed a backstory that they were trying to sell as a true story to promote their short or their um, short story or whatever, or their book. And somehow it, you know, escaped the zoo and is now running wild as its own story. That's interesting. There's a few that have done that. Oh, well, like the Ong's hat, that's exactly kind of what happened. It was established uh, somehow as like, some think it was backstory. Some think it was just like um, some friends messing around. And it started out like, I think in the eighties, maybe the late eighties and then through the nineties and zines and in other medium. And Is eventually like the first at like alternative reality game that we have on record. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they think it might be. That's what they're calling it. I think at the time, um, you know, we didn't really have those. But yeah, essentially, it's the first ARG. So, so ARG without the internet, that must have been actually difficult to pull off. 
and, and really fun if you think about it. That probably would have been a really fun thing. They started to get like radio hosts from some of those more sort of like paranormal and weird stuff, radio programs to interview him and he would talk about it. And, and it was about this place that's in the woods of New Jersey and it had some scientists going on. So it's an actual place. It's a ghost town in the mm. New Jersey woods. But you can, apparently there was, the story goes, and, I, and I'm not you know, 100% versed on the story, but the story is essentially that there were scientists and they in, have interdimensional travel that happens. And what's interesting about this is it, it, got, it took a life of its own, just like you're saying. It took a life of its own so much that you can look up Joseph Matney. He's the one who came up with it, and he has his own webpage, which he calls himself multidisciplinary artist, mythological and liminal fiction author, and the creator of Ong's Hat, the original proto-alternative reality game, an online legend trip. So this is what he's saying about himself. Online he says, legend trip. Yeah. He says right out that this is what it is, but people still don't believe it. Um, there are people who say that he was paid off, that he was threatened, that he's doing this to hide the truth. And for years and years, because this this one went on for a really long time. And that's what's so impressive about it. And it went on and he like didn't admit that it was like a fictional thing until later. Yes. How like how many years? Uh, well, I mean, if it started in the 80s, then I think the early 2000s. So, oh, wow quite some time yeah. um and i you know he had friends in on it and so yeah whether that was fiction or not i mean it's not i don't believe it i believe that he made it up but it's not unfeasible that someone would retract if they were threatened that's not unfeasible i don't believe that's the case with this mm -hmm. but it makes me wonder like how far if you're thinking of the man from torrid's the same thing it just makes me wonder how far it'll go and how long we'll see it <laughs> There's always there always seems to be like some governmental conspiracies whenever we talk about interdimensional travel. Like that seems to be like a common theme in the stories, you know? I do, yeah. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if that's just, you know, if that's part of the trope or you know, if uh whenever you travel between dimensions, governments don't like it. I don't know. Maybe well, it's because you don't have Eric, like, I mean, you're you recently traveled between dimensions, so you're the <laughs> one to tell us. <laughs> Well, I saw me and I didn't have facial hair, but you know, I was such a wimp um, over there. That's right. Over yes. there. Over there in the perpendicular universe. Um, I had all my paperwork too. Kaya cooked me up. <laughs> but anyhow, talking about these, um, this alternative dimension stuff, that led me down another, um, down the rabbit hole. How about that? How's that for a, a segue? Um, because the idea the, the of jackalope pole? the jackalope pole, as it were, which has to be pretty wide to accommodate the antlers. But the idea of traveling to another world goes back quite a bit. I mean, if you think about it, it's probably as old as stories themselves, because we do have stories of traveling to the world of the Fae, right? That's something from European folklore. And Absolutely. you can kind of think of that as interdimensional travel, I suppose. Yeah, I would think so. I would think, and then talking about other worlds, I mean, there's definite religious traditions that have talked about that there's different worlds. Um, there's water worlds and there's um, sky world. So yeah, mm. I can see that interpreted in a different way at a different time. Whereas, you know, within the um, medieval Christian European conception, um, hell and heaven weren't seen as dimensions. They were seen as like 
actual physical places in this plane of reality, right? Heaven was literally above the sky and hell was literally below the earth. At least that's the way we're kind of told about it in kind of was, like Dante's Inferno kind of way. Wasn't that with St. Augustine? Sort of the hell is real? Uh, you know, I would have to, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty, little rusty yeah. on my, on my Augustine. Um, for yeah. all kinds of reasons that, that um, mean, we're going to go with yes on that one. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. We'll go with yes. Perfect. But honestly, you think of, I think nowadays more Christians don't think of hell and heaven as physical places anymore. Right. Actually, I, think, the, I think you're right. And the Baptist church stood up and said, no, hell is real. Like they issued something to make sure. And it's not like all Baptists, but we don't need to, yeah, we don't need to go down this jackalope hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, Christians can say it's real, but in another dimension. Whereas I think once upon a time, people thought if you dug deep enough in this earth, like you would reach a place called hell. I think like, there's still horror, horror movies about that. Right, right. <laughs> Or, you know, I wonder about like the Greek, um, you know, the Greek idea of the shades and the abode of the shades being literally in caves, you know, literal caves. But that isn't what we're talking about here. We're talking about other dimensions. And so I started kind of poking around to see when did people start thinking of things in terms of dimensions of reality, um, rather than just sort of like another earth or another place like in this physical plane. And I discovered that science started talking about it um, in the 1950s. And that's as part of the idea of quantum mechanics and what they call the many worlds theory. And the many worlds theory, you know, all the rock stars of physics kind of seem to sign on to this. The Neil deGrasse Tyson and the um, Stephen Hawking, they all seem to back this idea that there is another universe, another um, one just like ours. Possibilities, yeah. And each time, you know, every time you make a decision, there's another one. So um, I, for example, for dinner had cold, you know, veggie momos, which are my new favorite food, by the way. I have no idea what that is. It is. Oh my gosh, really? So do yeah. you know gyoza? Um, so yes. the dumplings you get? It's like that, but they're um, Nepali and they're vegetarian and they don't have soy in them and they're fantastic. Interesting. Yeah, you should go to a- Oh, momos. Yes, I do know what momos are. I don't know why. I thought you said something different. Okay, yes. Yeah. And sometimes they're served in broth and sometimes they're served fried. Yeah. And you know what? Like in another universe, there was another Eric who was eating gyoza instead. Interesting. That's not going not to insult Eric's food choices, but I just think that they're, that's like, I don't know, you think about another universe being so exciting and then you hear like, yes, in this one, you had something different for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the idea is that there might be infinite numbers of universe. And yes, another one, exactly. you know, I, I have superpowers and I flew away or something, I guess. I think they still operate on similar laws of physics, don't they? I guess. I mean, I, you know, the perpendicular universe I just came back from, it's, it's just a matter of facial hair, really. Okay. Facial hair and, um, and your alignment. Chaotic so, neutral. Okay, right. Well, you are the chaotic neutral, Becca, here. But over there, you were actually lawful evil. Oh. So, yeah. We'll just leave that there. Um, so when did folks start talking about uh, alternative universes in, you know, amongst the common folk? Because there's, there were papers of theoretical physicists, um, you know, talking about this to other physicists. But I think in the 1950s and 60s, it wasn't something that people talked about. I mean, nowadays, I think that if you say the word alternative universe or parallel universe, I think the average educated, you know, relatively educated person is going to know what you're talking about. Or someone who's watched the Big Bang Theory, because I'm pretty sure it was talked about on there. Right. Well, exactly. Right. It's now it's a trope in pop in culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So when did that start? And, you know, the, the likely suspect, of course, is... Could it be the Twilight Zone? And I looked, I looked, um, there's a great, uh, actually, Wikipedia article. (laughs) My research this week is on Wikipedia and Reddit. My students are listening to me. Don't do it. Any student, anywhere. (laughs) Son, don't do what I did. I'm not proud. Um, But yes, so I, I, I did. I there, but there's there's a synopsis of whole seasons. Why wouldn't I use that source um, <laughs> if they're real? But th- there was nothing in it that immediately jumped out from my um, you know perusal uh, that talked about alternative universes. But I did find, or I should say, the first thing that I found that kind of talked about it in its recognizable form was actually a show that is near and dear to both of our hearts and that I've been referencing this whole time. Star Trek? <laughs> because in that Star Trek, right, I, I think it's called Mirror Mirror, I think is the episode. I believe you're uh, it's, correct. It's the one where Kirk and Spock go to the alternative universe, and there's an evil Kirk and an evil Spock, and evil Spock has a goatee, and that's how you can tell them apart. Well, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Immediately Absolutely. when you do bad things, you sprout a goatee. <laughs> and so, so it entered pop culture there. And then, of course, since then, it's been the subject of books and movies and TV shows. Uh, do you remember Sliders? I do remember that show. Wow. Right. That was the whole premise of that show was uh, you had people who were well, I mean, sliding it, between, you know, alternative universes. I mean, and then of course, Stranger Things, the upside downs, the parallel dimension, it's another dimension. Absolutely. And then you have also um, Quantum Leap. That's just going off of the Star Trek deep dive. I'm not letting you dive this deep into Star Trek actors and what they've done. <laughs> no, there's more. Jean-Luc Picard. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, right, it's, it's now, right, it's now trope. It's now part of our, of our uh, everyday language. But that's the thing, right, is the man from Torrid's story, if it really was, and it, you know, if it really is, I guess, from the 1950s, would they have interp- interpreted it that way? And some of the Redditors seem to talk about, no, back when the story was first told, it was, it was viewed through a lens of the Cold War. And, yeah, you know, I think that sounds more likely. Yeah, right, sure. Well, in that, you know, spies are something we hear about regularly and interdimensional travel is not. Um, but what if you don't come back from your interdimensional travel? And that's why like, you just don't hear about it. What if you just mm-hmm. like it there? <laughs> Or what if you just can't well, I mean, it, if you, it, what if you accidentally book a one-way ticket on kayak? It seems like they well, you didn't read the fine print. You only booked a one-way international interdimensional travel ticket. Yeah, yeah, and you just get stuck there. You know, there are in, in a couple of the books I was reading, there are stories of like strange people popping out of nowhere, and a couple of them, strangely enough, had green skin. But that might be another show. The thing is, is that in some of the theories, like the multiverse theory, rather than the universe, which is one, but the multiverse theory, some of them that that there's infinite universes. So there's different, I know there's different multiverse theory that some of them it's finite and some of it's infinite. If it's infinite and you traveled, it would be really hard to get back to the one you left. Mm. It's like trying to, when you have cable, when you're trying to find that show, you know, and you have like a hundred channels and it's worse because it's infinite. So you're just so. infinitely going through or like, you know, looking through YouTube videos for one on the man from Torrid. 
there was no end, Becca. There was no end. There, if you got in one of those YouTube videos, how could you find Baltimore? And off you would go. That's it. Uh, and it isn't just English, actually. So this story actually picked up legs. And folks in India apparently are very into it because there's a ton of Hindi language. YouTube videos about it. There's some Japanese ones. So if this story started Eric, as you know, very seriously, fiction, are the Japanese ones accented in French? <laughs> <laughs> these are these are the questions we need to know. And oh, I have one more thing. I need to tell you this because this um, will add to my bona fides. Besides a serious researcher who you know, of course, looked in both Reddit and Wikipedia, I also looked for any mention of the man from Torrid in both for TN Times and Fate which are both their magazines, like print magazines from the pulp era that chronicled strange events, you know, uh, psychic phenomenon, aliens, monsters, that kind of thing. Our bag. (laughs) mm -hmm. And neither one of, I couldn't find a mention of the man from Torrid in either uh, of those magazines. And I think that actually I might need to get a subscription to one of these two magazines or both of them, you know, for research purposes. Are they still in print? They are. Wow. I was happy to find out. Um, so I may <laughs> there's may... no trace. <laughs> there's None. no electronic trace. No electronic trace. Like, I can't even believe I asked that. <laughs> like, <are they> <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> what a question. So can we talk about Mandela effect? Have you heard about this? I did hear about it. I think we were um, sitting on a zebra in um, <laughs> <laughs> Paris. Speaking French with Japanese accents. Oh, that's why I didn't remember right away. Yes, I had a goatee. Okay, so the idea of the Mandela effect is this. It's another thing from the multiverse kind of thing. And this is another kind of relic of of modern pop culture. This one does not appear to have a origin in any kind of fiction. And I really think after wading through this, that this one is an actual, um, it, you know, it could be a piece of folklore. It could be kind of like uh, an urban legend on steroids. But I think that it was created either as, a, as an actual hoax in real life without being like a print hoax. Like it began the way, you know, all urban legends do. It became a story that someone told and got retold. But the idea was, is that when Nelson Mandela died in 2013, some folks were shocked by that news and not because just an important, you know, world figure died, uh, but because they remember him dying in prison in, in the 1980s. And so they were like, you know, what? He's dead, but he's been dead for decades. And someone, you know, mentioned this, I guess, and some other people signed on and said, you know, well, absolutely. What are you talking about? Nelson Mandela died in 2013. And apparently there's a lot of folks who remember Nelson Mandela dying while still in prison in the 1980s. And so the name Mandela Effect goes to this idea that a lot of people seem to have a memory about something that no longer seems to be true. And one of the interpretations of this is that, again, we're talking about multiverse, that people have somehow switched over to another, you know, wavelength universe channel where things are different than their, their home universe used to be. Hmm. Hmm. Or, my, or they could have mistaken them for another activist that got killed. That could have happened. <laughs> I mean, in my universe, I, I remember Nelson Mandela being alive because I remember when he was freed um, in the 1990s. And I remember 
listening to Ice T's album, where in one of his songs he mentions Mandela being free. So I know he didn't die in the 80s. So I must not be from that universe because. No. <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> clearly not from that universe. Okay. Did I have a, a goatee in that universe? That's the. I, I'm actually, I think I'm going to work on you with trying to like get you to remember things wrong. Like, hey, didn't you once write a song about like your love of Smurf Break Crunch cereal? <laughs> See, but that song exists. So. <laughs> if you- if you, type, if you type in Mandela effect into into a search engine, the first thing that pops up is false mem- false memory syndrome in a Wikipedia page, and the idea that that memory is not as reliable as we think it is. And oh no, it's absolutely not. I agree with that. Yeah, that's that's a that's experimentally been shown pretty reliably. Yes. That being said, there are some examples of the Mandela effect that are creepy. Like I asked you earlier this week, is it Berenstain Bears or Berenstain Bears? I said I didn't know. Yeah, and apparently it's Berenstain. Were you trying? Were you trying to Mandela affect me? I was. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> or um, you know, my mom used to buy me Fruit of the Loom underwear. Do you know? Uh, do you know the logo to Fruit of the Loom? Have you ever seen that? I can't say I have. I mean, I'm sure the, I have. I don't remember. Just like this, the bears. I don't know. This, yeah, this doesn't help. You have to actually know the thing that I'm referencing in order for it to work. Well, how about this? Does Flintstones have two T's or one? I don't know. Well, in, in the word? Well, it has to have two because stone is a word and flint is a word. I'm not sure which one that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really I think I, I see where you're going. Yeah, I see where you're going. Okay. We're both in the same universe, though. So here's the thing. Okay, how about this one? Um, you know the the song "We Are the Champions." Mm-hmm. Okay, you know how, I- like, at the crescendo, he sings, "We are the champions," and you know, and then the music stops, and he goes, "Of the world." It's I think. That's I think there's I a chance. That's I the think song. there's a chance I may not actually be sure if I know anything. <laughs> none of this, huh? None, none of this is ringing true. Wow. No, I mean this is this is something though. <sighs> like someone accuses me, "Did you do this?" I'll say yes. Oh yeah, I did. And then I'll find out later I didn't. So I'm pretty like, <laughs> yeah, it must have been me. Sure. <laughs> okay. Fine. I, here's what here's what you have to know. You have to know this. Okay. How about how about Smoke? Do you remember Smokey the Bear? Yes. I've been to his grave. It's Except in it, Capitan, New Mexico. Yes, it's absolutely, he has a grave. Becca, are you ready for this? Because I'm about to blow your mind. No, you're not. <laughs> it's not It's not Smokey the Bear. It's Smokey Bear. Is it? I'll, I actually have photos of his grave, so I'll find out. Smokey Bear. Well, that's the thing, though, right? So um, even pictures become altered and changed and other records. So people remember things being one way, and then they'll look at their pictures, and the pictures have altered, too. I don't. Oh, so that's the in the theory. Well, in the theory. I know. I mean, he was a real bear, and he was a baby, and he was surviving on the top of a tree from a forest fire. And so they named their Smokey Bear. Apparently, I'm wrong on Smokey, though. Apparently, they named it after him. Ah, you just so, blown yeah. my mind. Well, I, it, it Nothing is real. Yeah, right. Nothing it, is real. The world is a lie. 
I mean, it took a while, but I finally found one. So this is the Mandela effect. But the funny thing is, is I'm sitting here looking at this source because this is the one that made me. I, I, Honestly, and I also don't believe that it's Smokey the Bear. I mean, it's Smokey Bear and not Smokey the Bear. I'm just going to throw out there. Well, you know what? You're going to look it up and you're going to see it's right because I have a very reliable source for all these things. You ready? Wikipedia, Reddit. <laughs> Even better. I'm currently on goodhousekeeping.com. <laughs> And I'm I'm not lying. That's actually like there is a, a Mandela effect uh, story in Good Housekeeping. Uh, it was published on August 6, twenty nineteen. Interesting. So yeah, I mean this this you know whatever it is, right? This uh, urban legend hoax, uh, whatever it is, has hit the mainstream because everyone knows when you've hit Good Housekeeping, you've hit the big time. I, I mean, don't slack it. Someone's getting paid for their journalism and you're using it. So absolutely. And her name is Blake Bakula. And you know, good job, Blake. Well done. Bakula, like Scott Bakula. Are you bringing this back with us to oh, no. <laughs> Star Trek again? She does not have a, uh, there's a picture next to her byline. She does not have a goatee just for the record. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm, it's a little coincidental that that happened to be her name, but all right. Well, that was really interesting. I don't know how I feel about any of that. I do. I love the theory. <laughs> Somewhere in the multiverse, there's a Becca who's totally digging this theory and believes it 100%. I'm still like upset about Smokey Bear. <laughs> well, next, next episode, you're going to have to come back and see what you found. Oh, I Googled it already. It's Smokey Bear, apparently. <laughs> See, it did change. I blew your mind. I'm not happy with this. I'm going to start a petition to change it to Smokey the Bear. But um, Well, if you, if you want to, there are lists and lists of Mandela effect um, things that are supposed to be altered. So go look it up. You know, there's tons of it. I will. Well, I, like I said, I like the multiverse theory. Um, I've... It's one of those that I think is probably quite possible um, as far as other things we talk about where I might not <laughs> necessarily think are quite so possible. But I, I do think multiverse is possible. We just don't understand it yet, and we don't understand how to access. <sighs> kayak. Well, <laughs> yeah, darn it, now I do. Now, let me ask you, is it regular kayak, or do I have to access a certain like special page, just, just so I know? Um, you have to go in and type in the special code TARID. All right. U-R-E-D. All right. Well, I'll use that on one of our later episodes. Well, um, that was really interesting. Actually, I did like it. I'm still, like I said, ticked off about Smokey Bear, but... <laughs> I'm <laughs> the, blown. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. I hope everyone has a great rest of their day and tune in to us next week. We'll have another episode for you. So thank you all so much for being here and listening. Um, hopefully you've listened to all four of our episodes at this point, and we'll have more for you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jackalope Carnival!